The following report comes from anthropologist G.I. Jones. A real American hero. G.I. Jones. Was that creepy? <laughs> it was kind of creepy. a little creepy. <laughs> a little creepy. Sorry. I accept it. It yeah. is black magic. Yeah. It's okay. G.I. Jones. It, this was about a ritual killing that took place among the Basotho. Um, fair warning. To today's episode, we're going to go all over the world. We'll be mispronouncing African, Aztec, Greek names and places and butcher it all uh so we're just just gonna get that out of the way there oh that sounded bad yeah but it is human sacrifice so right i think it's fine oh pun the basotho are the people occupying the country of lesotho which is the dot in the middle of south africa if you go to your map you'll notice there's a little country in the middle of another country that's lesotho uh, it was founded by the powerful chief Moshesh and managed to maintain its independence from South Africa, but was badly taken advantage of by British colonists following the chief's death in 1870. This report, made for the British government, was issued in 1949. I have a toast to the bride. And also the bridegroom. Both of them? The bride and the bride and the groom? I believe... Yes. I'll drink to that. It was a Saturday evening. Mochesello Kotu was drinking beer in a hut, and a wedding feast was happening outside. The chieftainess of the ward arrived at the feast with a retinue of men and spoke to the party. I want you to kill Mochesella for me, because I want to make a medicine horn which I will use in placing of my son. Any of you who disobeys this order will be killed. Uh, for our Besotho out there who are unsure of the, the word medicine horn, uh, Lenaka is the traditional term. We just want to clear that up mm. for any of our Lesotho listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dane, who had been drinking with Mochisela, yeah, I know, we probably all, there might be a guy. Maybe. Dane, who had been drinking with Mochisela, got the signal from one of the chieftainess's men. He spoke to Mochisela, fooling him into falling into a trap. Cousin. Let us go outside for a while. Outside, the crew of men seized him. Dane threw rocks to drive off the boys attracted by the sound. Get on out of here! Why do you throw rocks? Mochisela cried out to one of the men. My father Folo, are you going to kill me? Let me free and I will give you my black ox! (laughs) I can't. I am not your father, and I want you, not your ox. Made it better. This is a true story. <laughs> that made it so much a better. A man. <laughs> he wanted him, not his ox. This not is his serious father, business. They took him to the outskirts of the village, where they stripped him naked, oh. laughing literal sisters. Maybe he did want his ox. And pinned him to the ground. Then, by the light of an oil lamp, they began the nefarious operation. Follow, follow. What are you doing? I am taking a piece of your left leg, Mochisella. And Steve here will cut from your groin and then will take from the right breast and the bicep of your right arm. Dane, take the knife. What should I do, Folo? Cut off the face. Begin at the forehead. Cut down to the bone. Straight to the throat. Dane, Folo! He is dead now. Take the throat first and the tongue and the eyes. They placed the organs on a cloth and gathered the blood in a can. Not so funny anymore, is it? I just want to... Where did Steve come from? That's all I wanted to do the whole time. It was pretty metal. It was pretty metal. I thank you, my children, for having killed this man for me. I know the police will come here to investigate this matter. 
and no one must tell them about it. If they do, I will kill them in the same way as I have killed Monticella. Take the body now to the house of Steve, where it will remain until Tuesday, when those of you who live near it will take it to a place where people will see it. Wait, House of Steve. That is that his first or his, his last name? I genuinely want to know, I know because he seems very out of place. Who's Steve? Who Everyone Steve? else's Steve. name is not. Who is Steve? I think that's the question. We See should a picture ask that like there's tonight. just this one guy with a pocket protector and a pair yeah. of yeah, yeah, and he's got like one of those glasses. like he's just Steve. Just hanging weird out. flannels that just only. He probably have has one white guy in yeah. this. Oh, he probably has two first names. He probably does. Steve, Steve. Yep. Yep. The Basotho believe that a person can only live a full life if they manage to stay in good with their ancestor spirits, or Badimo. And if you fall out of favor with the Badimo, or with a living sorcerer, a popular remedy is to consult the services of a horned doctor who practices horned medicine. Oh. Where, does, where does this hornedness come from, Rob? I believe that there are literal? horns involved. Do they okay. have from horns? From ox? Well, the people don't. Have horns. Do they put it in the horns? Ooh. They probably take the horns of an animal they it's think is also called Lanaka, which is prepared with human body parts. Nice. These parts must be harvested while the person is still alive. Even nicer. In order to maintain their vital force as an essential component of the medicine. Mm. The flesh was charred with herbs and mixed with fat to create a black ointment. It was then placed in a horn. Ah. Ah, yes, mm. the, yes, a horn. To be applied, <laughs> as, as is traditional, to be applied to the patient. Traditionally, the <laughs> horn was only used in times of war to protect the head chief and his warriors. But in the 1940s, the horn came to be employed by petty chiefs trying to get ahead, in part because of increased stress placed on the chiefs by colonization. Mm. Well, that's not. I mean, it makes sense. Comes that would put them in bad that. standing. It, to, to their ancestors. Do they live full lives? Hmm. Not if you were human sacrifice. Right. Uh, it used to be that they were taking the flesh from their enemies uh, back in the day. But in the 1940s, horned doctors used the flesh of the chief's own people at his or his wife's instruction, as in the case of poor Mochisela. Today we're talking about human sacrifice. Woo! Woo! Yeah. Oh, God, that was the intro. Yeah, we didn't even do it yet. That was, that was wow. how we got into this. Yeah. Frequently, conversations about this particular topic can take on an unintentionally racist tone. So be careful. Yes. This is because in the bad old days of tacitly racist pop culture, human sacrifice was often incorporated into representations of non-white cultural groups, especially Africans and the native peoples of the Americas. The thing is... Ritual human sacrifice has been practiced by certain African tribes as well as Mayans and Aztecs, so it's impossible to talk about human sacrifice and not give them some attention. But it has also been practiced by Europeans and the ancient ancestors of the monotheisms. <gasps> so yes, many Europeans. <laughs> the, qu the question for us today... We've got you. We know. We can see you. We see you, Europeans. Yes. The qu <laughs> The question for us today in this second episode of our Black Magic series is, are human sacrifices evil? The answer might seem straightforward, but the practice itself is anything but. My name is Rob C. Thompson. I am the Supreme Hierophant of the Secret Order of Alchemical Actors and Professor of Occult History and Philosophy 
and yeah, that's what you normally say. Yeah. Things occult people do. I am here with my grandmaster, not my personal grandmaster, but the Aww. alchemical actor's grandmaster. Oh, okay. You can be my grandmaster. Aww. Happy October! <laughs> <laughs> it is Halloween month, uh, and Olivia has brought a special friend. I have a new friend, and he's going to be my personal October mascot, but also our personal Did you October. name him? And by no. our, we mean you two, our, yeah. our beloved listeners across the occult globe. It's the, the occult entire fam. community. We are a community of the occult, occult aficionados. Yeah, so tell mm-hmm. us about this Aww. mascot, because this is a podcast. Brianna, how would you describe him in one word? I think she's going to need more than one word. Yeah, but keep it. We gotta keep metal. going with these metal. It's metal? pretty metal. James, it's, it's, it's how you cat. describe most. It's a black it cat that's like an elf on a shelf, but it's a cat instead. There's newspaper and involved. It's got newspaper. Yeah, that but he's got a cute little hat. That was like got a birthday words. hat. He is very cute and Halloweeny. Gothy a little bit with the. Birthday. I was only given one word. I feel like. I've oh, been sorry. Right. Well, gypped. metal. My boyfriend's afraid for us to keep him um, in our room sometimes, so I'm taking him out of the house occasionally, but and I the- want. Best you smile. guys, he does have a nice smile, but I want you guys to see his nice smile. So if you look at our Instagram or our Twitter, you can see a nice little picture of him, and you guys can help us name him because I haven't named him yet. So we're, uh, that's at Podcast Occult, and the Instagram is just you search us. Is that how that works? Yeah. Cool. Uh, so hop on our social medias and find our cat friend, and uh, I guess we're taking suggestions. Help what us shall name we name him. our October mascot? Um, we're also joined today by uh, Olivia's sister, Brianna Litterall. Hey. Our resident Viking pagan. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> who specifically asked to participate in the human sacrifice episode. I love episode. human sacrifice. Okay. She's very passionate. And to sort of lighten the mood, we have James Caplantis. <laughs> Hello. Who has, I, I hope, no special affinity for human sacrifice. No, not particularly, but I am the captain of the table now. You right. Told right. him about that. That's true. Title. You have been elevated to what captain of the table. What is my title again? True. Isn't it something of the knob? Right. It's time. We should probably give Brianna her title. We... What is my title? You are. Ooh. I'm gonna do music in the back. I always felt like we needed like a music for the yeah music yeah yeah. For Just the name. Any introductions? Yeah, like underneath. So I'm, I'm your hype man. You are. Does anyone remember what Brianna said? I don't remember. No, it's a, it it's involves not, it's it. It's not just the third knob. There's something there's there. A, there's a title. It's I don't a thing of the third knob. No. Uh, just give me something else. Just give something. Just human. Human of the third knob. Fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll fix that Sorry, later. Brianna. We'll just, for today, <laughs> she will be human of the third knob. Woo! All right. Human of the third knob. So spooky. Cool. All right, let's get to it. We, the members of the Secret Order of Alchemical Actors, do solemnly commit ourselves to a full and honest telling of the history of the occult as far as we know it. Our source for the story we open with and much of our discussion of Africa's human sacrificial traditions is Lawrence Mabugani and Ezekiel Yona's book, Human Sacrifice and the Supernatural in African History, uh, which we'll link up on our website, occultconfessions.com. Times of deep stress brought on by war, colonization, and crop failure precipitate extreme measures. Yeah, it's scary. Mm. Extreme measures sometimes include the kind of sacrifice that killed Mochiselicoto. The more stress the tribe is under, the more extreme the sacrifices. In Lesotho, 70 people were killed for harvesting body parts between 1939 and 1948. 
and it finally came to a stop when two chiefs were executed for the killing of Maliki Natai, whose own brother had sold him away for the ritual sacrifice. That's a lot, like, closer to... I thought it was going to be a long time ago. Mm-hmm. That's not that long yeah, ago. Yeah, pretty no, close in That history. stuff has happened pretty close I now. would not sell you for human sacrifice. That's sweet. Thanks. You say no, that now. Pretty sweet. But... I just feel like... That's, I think that's a that's... high compliment. Yeah. It's one yeah. of the... Chieftain's power had a lot to do... validated. Thank you. ...with their ability <laughs> to distribute land and determine succession. And both of these powers had to been curtailed by colonial administrators. This led chieftains to feel insecure and either perpetrate medicine murders... What is that, Rob? You know, uh, to make medicine out of you, out oh. of your parts. Oh, I see, I see, Murder I see. to medicine. Murder for medicine. Or accuse each other of medicine murders in order to get ahead oh. politically. So I'd be like, oh. Chief James has been medicine murdering all his people. And then the, <gasps> the colonial powers would be like, well, that's... Can't do that. He's got to go. Yeah, but I'm keeping all these other people alive. With your murder medicine. There's two sides. Yeah. You didn't hear my story. This is why I'm for human sacrifice. In <laughs> Africa, where the climate is volatile and hot, sacrifice is often about attempting to appease or enlist the help of supernatural forces in order to get a stable crop. So whenever, you, you always look at the stress point with human sacrifice. What is the thing that's most stressful for that group? So in a tribal society, in an unstable climate, it's going to be the crops. Mm. In his uh, book, The Golden Bow, classic book of mythological stuff mumbo jumbo <laughs> no well okay uh it, it has been in large part disproven at this point yes however i mean not disproven he tells real stories from the anthropological record and he makes interesting guesses about what it could mean but um in our paganism episode i think we we poked some holes at james fraser so we're just going to let him yeah. be today and Perfect. let him talk about human sacrifice um <laughs> you so, say what you want let's, <laughs> let's hear a little bit from fraser himself at lagos and guinea it was the custom annually to impale a young girl alive, soon after the spring equinox, in order to secure good crops. Along with her were sacrificed sheep and goats, which, with yam, heads of maize, and plantains, were hung on stakes on each side of her. The victims were bred up for the purpose in the king's seraglio, and their minds have been so powerfully wrought upon by the fetish men that they went cheerfully to their fate. So you really wanted to be sacrificed, Yeah. Uh, how were they dressed? Why... Why? I actually kind of want to know, though. I don't think what? that's the point. I don't, but I don't think that's the point. I don't think I, I don't have that information. I don't think this they didn't were come dressed. With photographs. I don't think they would have been dressed. I feel like it makes a difference this, if they were this dressed. This book is a hundred plus years. I feel like they were probably a shot naked. In the dark. Frazier tells a more gruesome story about the sacrifice of a stout man among the Benin. He is seized by violence or intoxicated and taken to the fields, where he is killed amongst the wheat to serve as seed. So they phrase it. After his blood has coagulated in the sun, it is burned along with the frontal bone, the flesh attached to it, and the brain. The ashes are then scattered over the ground to fertilize it. The rest of the body is eaten. Yeesh. So, they pretty much eat most of it? Yeah, I think very little goes to waste, like the Eskimo and the whale. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean... Except this is a person. It's still not good. Yeah, I mean... With, like, children and a job. Yeah, I'm not saying it's good. I'm just... And a mom. But, okay, I have opinions about that, but... About mom? No, about... Leave our mom out of this. No, I'm not talking about a net. <laughs> Don't name drop her! <laughs> I'm sorry! Um, no, just, like, the whole... Oh, I have to beep that out later? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Just because, I don't know, I don't see the big difference between sacrificing the person and any other animal. I think it's the You don't same. see there's a difference? Nope. That's a PETA argument. I don't see... It... <laughs> no! <laughs> Coming from... Any of our God, listeners are affiliated with PETA... <laughs> 
Brianna's with you. No. She sees you. <laughs> okay, it's like coming from the standpoint of the sacrificial like rituals that are in the past of my belief, it's pretty much the same thing. You're I get saying what you're morally, saying. it's okay I don't, because I don't, that's what people have been doing. It's just, accepted. there's no difference between doing it to thing. any other animal than a person because yeah. anybody could put the same argument against another animal. It's just Spirit a different species. Spirit is still an element. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it's in. I don't think... Goats. I don't see how it's morally wrong to sacrifice a person based on the fact that other animals get sacrificed. Um, in Africa, a lot of human sacrifice revolve around making medicine. There are two kinds of medicine in African traditional practice. The first is herbal, which functions much the way Western pharmaceuticals do. So, you know, just like <laughs> headache herbs. Hmm. Stomach Solid. ache herbs. Things like that. Et cetera. Et cetera. I thought you were going to keep going. No. Menstrual oh. cramp herbs. Oh, oh we could. Sore uh, we're, we're going. Yeah, sore throat, throat herbs. Uh, red eye herbs. Red eye herbs. Uh, flatulence herbs yes pink pink eye herbs <laughs> you're, you're really concerned eye. yeah the eyes. Bl- blue eye ear infection I don't know, herbs i think now you're now you're, you've, you've flew too close to the sun because uh sunburn herbs <laughs> the second is supernatural which often relies on the harvesting of human body parts ritual killing in africa is often about is not really about the killing per se the killing is only done in the service of harvesting organs which need not involve deaths so if you can get somebody's heart out and keep them going product not process for example in tanzania on africa's western coast in may of 2008 oh yeah just like uh what's that uh 10 years ago so that there you go that's updated that's for very you. recent mm-hmm. two men broke into the home of 17 year old vumilia makoy while she was having dinner with her family and chopped off both of her legs above the knee how did, did her family not have anything to say about it i just imagine everyone was like screaming and like but they had a and machete try to stop them from cutting off her they had legs a machete. at dinner well, I think dinner Why must, is dinner stopped. so important to you? Are you well, offended? Saying, I feel like dinner must have stopped. I feel like dinner is like there's a lot of people around, like, and they just let it happen. Well, if they probably tried to stop it. They probably failed. In I don't know. Like, if because two men against a family. Yeah, they, they almost did take the legs, yes. Well, they did take the legs. But it was two men against the family. Did they get away family. with the legs? Like, they would have yeah, to get to her gone. first. What did they do with the legs? I'm concerned. They created medicine. Was it used well? The previous November, in the same country, a mother and two daughters, one 10 years old and the other 18 and pregnant, were hacked to death to harvest body parts. These killings were part... Are you still feeling like... Yeah, she's steaming. I can see the steam. Still feeling like you're... Well, we'll Well, we'll leave that open. I have a lot of things to say later. Okay, all right. That'll be the (laughs) wrap-up. These killings were part of a pattern crossing the nation that included 50 or more victims, all albinos, called Zero Zero in Tanzania. So it's a kind of racism. That had to be really difficult. Like... That's crazy. Yeah. One in 1,429 births in Tanzania are albinos, which is actually the highest rate yeah, but, in wow. the world. That's kind of, yeah. That's kind of crazy. Just under 7,000 people are registered as albino in the country. Wow. There are varying degrees of albinism. You could lack pigmentation in just your eyes or in your eyes, skin, and hair. The usual appearance of albinos, especially albinos born to two African parents, has led to the belief that they have mind-reading or black magic power. Mm-hmm. In Congo and Botswana, albino children are killed immediately or soon after birth. Oh, jeez. Right? That's not fun. In Burkina Faso, albinos are considered half-gods and either sought after for their magic or killed. Their heads and genitals are used for making medicine. In Zimbabwe, belief that albinos can cure HIV has led to the rape of albino women and their infection with HIV. This is dark stuff. 
Sorry. This is... <laughs> warning. Trigger warning? No, late trigger warning. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> this is not for the kids. Today's no. episode is not for the kids. This season isn't for the kids. This, so. Yeah, well, yeah, there might be the occasional. Black magic. In Tanzania, albinos have been murdered for their body parts, which are used by miners to attempt to discover veins of gold. So there you go, James. So they use them body parts as tools? like under 18. That's what I thought. I was like... You said miners and I thought under 18, oh, not oh. like miners. Yeah, like diggers. So, so like children looking for gold. <laughs> So when you asked what it was for, yes, it was in order to mine for gold. They used their some girl's legs. Well, they made medicine shovels? out of it. Okay, that no. would allow you to locate gold. Well, so what, what they do to, how did they use that to locate? Do they just throw how it did around? they make the shovels? I think they ingest beat? medicine made out of the leg, and then Is they it, just they find right. the gold. I have no idea how the medicine works, but now Brianna. <laughs> yeah. Is this all right with your moral system? Which part? Cutting oh off God. somebody's legs oh, to make medicine to find gold. That's less okay because it's not for a ritual. Like it's not like a. It's not spiritual. spiritual. It's, it's just for it's greed based gold. It's okay, stupid. so you, we we can say down with albino killers. I yes. am yes. Okay, we are opposed to al- yes. I am opposed heard it here. to albino killers. If you, if you want to use leg medicine <sighs> to locate gold, you should use your own legs. Yes, you can't yeah. use other people's legs. Use your own legs for you mining can't just gold. Milk another okay, person's so cow. There's a reason why it's mining. Um, mining has a connection with agriculture uh, in that it is a source of wealth and minerals, which are believed to grow in a way akin to, if not the same as, crops, minerals growing in the earth. But while farming is very dangerous, given the exigencies of the weather, mining is dangerous in and of itself. Yeah. So miners are frequently trapped or killed by mine walls caving in, and mining is generally hazardous to the health of miners for the mine, people who mine. Thank you. Also children, if they happen to be in those mines. Keep your yeah, children out right. of the mines. Mm. Uh, hazardous to the health of the miners for the dust generated by the drilling and the chemicals used to extract the gold, which can include deadly poisons like arsenic. Fun fact. That's what arsenic is for. Use it to extract gold. Solid. By January 2009, 173 people had been arrested in connection with albino ritual killings and assaults in Tanzania. How many? 173. That's not hell. Uh, so, uh, I, we sort of already broached this with Brianna, but how evil, on a scale of not evil to very evil, are African medicine killings? Depends on what I'm, the killing is. Developing gonna, some gonna, criteria yeah, here. I'm going to pull the trigger and say 10. 10. Very of, evil. From little evil to very yeah. evil to 10. Because it's like racist evil. It's, they're targeting albinos. They're trying to get yeah. gold out of the ground. But Brianna, cool. on the Brianna scale, there are some of these... Maybe it's, our first ritual killing you might have been all right with. Yeah. It was like it got weird around like the AIDS part, the rape part. That you don't was like weird. that stuff. I don't like that. Good. And okay. Then the, for really stupid reasons. So if it's to appease the gods, you're open to it. Yeah. All right. Let's see if we get there. Let's go to the Aztecs, shall we? Yeah. The Aztecs. The Aztecs. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Thank you, James. Does anyone else have a sound effect they want to throw in before I... I, I can't possibly. We're just going to let that do. I'll wait for my next metal moment. Eat that mic. You got to eat that eat mic. Them. Eat the mic. You always lean back. That's I got to... I'm just so chill. I know. You're too chill. You got to get... You gotta you're hanging. Too chill for... <sighs> the Aztec... <laughs> Goodness gracious. The Aztec... Okpanitzil... Okpanitzil... Okpanitz, yeah, Yeah, that's 100% correct. Festival <laughs> was held every autumn in the Empire's central city, Tenochtitlan, 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that. Yeah, is that, that is? I think I've heard Chitlan. Tenochtitlan. Yeah. Which is roughly the downtown area of Mexico City. Major festivals were a monthly affair for the Aztec people and totaled uh, up to 18 festivals a year since the Aztec month was only 20 days long. More months, more festivals. <laughs> the Okpanitztil festival was held in honor of Toki, the mother goddess, patron of fertility and sex. That's mm. Toki. Toki. Toki, the, the fertility lady. Hooray. Uh, she was also the patron of midwives, prostitutes, adulterers, and sodomites. Because oh, they need a patron, too. They do. That's pretty progressive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As well as weavers. Progressive. What's a, uh, what's a weaver? Like a basket weaver? Yeah. So any kind of penetration. Just any kind of interwovenness what? of any Toki, kind. Toki, Did you just want to use the word penetration? Is no, that I'm just trying to get this right. I'm not Toki. sure that that's the logic of it, James, but I'm delighted that, that you feel that basket weaving is an act of penetration. Yes. <laughs> James stays away from all basket weaving. The festival began... The fest... <laughs> the festival began with eight days of dancing and four days of fasting. Nice. Ooh-wee. Wait, they fasted after they danced all that much? Seems yeah. to take a dangerous prospect. But I that, feel like it'd be dangerous to do it the other way. I feel like either way it's pretty dangerous. Right. I'd rather dance yeah, than fast. Dance than fast, if you had to, to choose. But all the, I don't the know, act you're of so dip- tired. You need to well, but but you're, like, you're making contact with the gods. You're having a It's a festival. Cheer up. I'm just worried that you're going to die from exhaustion. It doesn't matter. The Aztecs will just sacrifice you. Then a mock battle was held between midwives wielding bloody brooms. Oh my god, this is amazing. What? Na, 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 na. And warriors wielding whatever it is warriors wielded. At Wait, no. That's so metal, the midwives. Only I only care them. about the midwives. They're so metal. I'm down. Because they would sweep up the blood after you gave birth, I'm guessing. Right? And then they just yeah. like beat each other with them? Then they would have bloody brooms to use in the mock battle every 18 months. This is exciting thing. That's amazing. This is... Very Someone great. was ritually dressed like the goddess Toki, and then sacrificed flayed and posted at the gates of the city. Nice. There was a bloody bundle of straw laid at her feet, wrapped in the skins of the goddess's various effigies which had been placed up uh, around the area. Uh, there she stands, to purge the city's filth and protect it against intruders for the year. Aztecs are probably the most famous for their human sacrifices and may have been the most prolific cultures as far as ritual sacrifice is concerned. Estimates for the total number of sacrifices the Aztecs carried out uh, vary. Roughly 1% of the population of Tenochtitlan were sacrificed each year, and several thousand people out of roughly 250,000. Between 1 and 5 were generally sacrificed at around 87 rituals held throughout the year. Yeah, they keep you busy. Nice. Wow. But these rituals may have been held at various places throughout the city, and some rituals may have involved larger sacrifices and may have included non-Aztecs among the sacrificial offerings. In the case of a special occasion like the dedication of the Templo Mayor, the great big temple, um, at the center of... Tenochtitlan. Chitlan. (laughs) Hey, I tried my best, guys. There may have been more than 10,000 people ritually murdered for this single occasion. Wow. It happens. Too many. Victims were Aztecs as well as rival warriors, and Aztecs themselves could become victims of other tribes who shared their religious ideology. According to the mythology of the Aztec system, sacrificial victims nourished the gods and were part of a ritual cycle. The creator gods had let blood to humans in this. So... They, the gods spent blood to create humans, so now they need blood back to create more humans? Is that the kind of 
Yes, yeah, they they cycle. they let him have the blood, um, and we are the the Aztecs are the fifth generation of humanity, and they have to repay the blood debt through sacrifice. It makes yeah, sense. Okay. That's that why brings... the fertility is so important to them to bring more people in. We need to spend blood <laughs> oh, to get blood. God. That's such a dark link. So uh, that brings us to our brief history. Great time to butcher this. A brief history of creation according to Aztec mythology. The Aztec creation story involves a rivalry between four gods, the children of the self-creating god Ametichuli. Delightful. Yes. And Ametichuli. No, no, well, that's, no, that's, that's just a, two different ways to right, pronounce right, the well, name, so okay. you just did yourself a, a, a disservice. Well, I just wanted to be thoroughly <laughs> butchering, you know? Carry on. The self-creating god of two aspects brought him and herself into being, and because the god's dual nature being both chaos and order, god and evil, male and female, the god was able to bear children. Yeah, because it was lady god and man god, so that she... Makes yeah, it easy. It humped herself yeah. into fertilized her own fields. And it, you know right, I mean. yeah, that's what happened. Ooh. Sowed those oats. Mm-hmm. And then there were four gods. They had four children, uh-huh. one for each of the cardinal directions, and the four children then proceeded to do the work of creation. They created a great sea monster, Capactoli, but she kept eating the other creations, and so they went to war and pulled her in four directions, creating the world as we know it. Right, so we're all living on a sea monster. That's. Really well, a sea monster's metal. corpse. Yeah, a dead sea monster. Oh, right, so we should not to worry corpse. about that. Oh, you wouldn't. You wanted to worry about it, Brianna? No, I just wanted it to be alive. Over five ages, the gods competed to become the world's son. Tezcatlipoca. Call him Tez. Tez. Brother god number one. Yeah. Tez, god of night and rival of the better-known winged serpent god, Quetzalcoatl. 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 He's a famous guy. Quetz. Okay. Well, Ketz took a crack at it at first, but Tez wasn't having it and knocked him from the sky. So he turned into a jaguar and destroyed the world. Tez took his turn as the sun, but the great paw of the jaguar knocked him from the sky, raising a wind that destroyed the world for a second time. So both brothers had a try at the sun. And they ruined each other's attempts. Yep. Great. The gods next elected Tlaloc. 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 To give it a try... But Kez didn't like that either and caused the fire to rain down, destroying the earth for a third time. Yep, three gods, three destructions. Wow. Then Kez chose Talak's sister, Kalakdachalikakil. Chal, Chal. Chal. Goddess of the water to become the sun, but fighting with his brother, Tez, they ended up knocking her from the sky, causing a great flood and destroying the world again. They understand they need a sun, but they keep... Knocking, knocking it, it yeah. down. I don't think yeah. they did it intentionally that time. They were like, "Here, water sister, you can be the sun," which makes a lot of sense to yeah, us. Right, right. And then they just kept arm wrestling, and they, you know, they're huge, so they just oops. <laughs> Finally, the humble god full of sores, Nanatozin. Nan sounds like Nan. a champion. I feel like he has to be humble if he's so, got sores everywhere. Right, right. He's the god of of sores. Well, he offered to serve as the sun. Tez said he would be better suited. The gods built a fire, and the proud Tez nervously held back. Nan bravely jumped in, and Tez, filled with a jealous rage, jumped after him. Now there were two suns, which were too bright and too hot for the earth. That would be awful if we had two suns. Right. Yeah. I yeah. hate even summer. Just I hate one tw- sun. Twice yeah. as much summer. Yep. And so the gods, anxious to solve the problem, tossed a rabbit at Tez, dimming him so that he could become the moon. Yeah, if anyone's ever getting two-fold themselves. Just throw, throw a, rabbit. a rabbit. A whole rabbit. Smack him with a rabbit. 
Can't mm-hmm. have a good day after that. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that'll take him down a peg. Or could you? <laughs> but Nan was weak. He was motionless, so the other gods gave their blood to give him the energy to rush across the sky. And that's a brief history of creation according to Aztec mythology. Good, and we saw in the end there kind of the, some of that blood stuff. Yeah, that's, blood that, there's your right, connection. that's how they the must... So yeah, we, they, we, there was a method to the madness here. It seemed like we were just talking about all kinds of crazy god behavior. I just but thought they fact, were bored. It's the mythological explanation for why we need human sacrifice. Right. Yep. To keep the god of sores in the sky. Which is kind of gross. Many victims were honored and glorified as part of an anonymous group, but some were accorded special honor and treated particularly well in the months before their sacrifice. They were given a special place in paradise for their sacrifice, and we should think of them less like victims and more like the Christians tend to regard their martyrs. Oh, like an El Dorado! uh, Participants, rather. Yeah, they were participants. Mm -hmm. Here, Brianna's point is well taken. Yes. Yeah. Uh, The ritual practice of Aztec sacrifice is probably the... Brianna's point that human sacrifice is cool and fun for children of all ages. I'm just... Just saying that they didn't end up sacrificing yeah, them if you watch the movie. Yeah, the stars. Well, they, they do not here. Aligned. Can't do it. Yeah. yeah, but they really do. They do here. This time they'll do it because it's not a cartoon for children. Yeah. The ritual practice of it, but children are watching. The Aztecs well, were hard. Just have your kids watch the movie. The ritual sa- practice of Aztec sacrifice is probably the most well known of the practices we're discussing today. Victims mounted the pyramid in a line, were thrown on their back on a sacrificial stone, and their hearts were torn out by the priest. The corpses were then rolled back down the pyramid steps because there's 10,000 of them to do, so we have to keep this moving. (laughs) Consent of the victims was a non-issue in the case of captives who were generally warriors. Ixiptla, or impersonators of the gods, were a more complex case. One impersonator of Tez wandered the city for a year, and none could refuse his requests. That's... Awesome. <laughs> well, because he was playing the god, right, ritually. Yeah. Uh, he had servants, he had several wives, and at the end of that year, he chose himself when to mount the temple steps and submit to his sacrifice. Well, that's kind of like with Norse stuff. You're born for a specific sacrifice. There's this one sacrifice that happens like every nine years or whatever. And so like nine people every year. Is it every nine years or every nine years or whatever? It's... So like, like nine, nine years, years past, someone's getting really nervous. Nine is the magic number the in Norse like, mythology. No, it's like whatever. Like it doesn't have to be nine years. Well, no, people are born <laughs> for it, and they're not necessarily nine years from when they're born going to be chosen for it. It's just like okay. within the village has a bunch of people, and they get picked for it. But you could be a child, or you could be a really old. But person. there's some birthright that makes and, you part of the pool that yeah, we'll draw. And it's kind on. of okay. like a gateway straight to the good afterlifes because it's an honorable death. Yeah. As long as there are rich people being killed, I'm for it. I don't think there's really... No, that's not true. That's not what I meant. I think you're like, <laughs> like rich for a... James just, is starting a them, class war here on the call confessions. I sacrificing poor people who don't have a say about it. <laughs> what about poor people who do have a say about it? Or rich people who don't... I think consent is the, is the key word here. Okay, consent. make a lot of political... So comments. we're apparently in favor of consen- consensual human sacrifice. I'm not saying that oh, officially. I definitely am. I'm going to have yeah. to consult our legal team on this. Various forms of sacrifice were essential to Aztec life. Sacrificial rites were held roughly every four days, and ordinary men and women participated by piercing their tongues, their ears, and their genitals. Mm. Mm. It's going to be a no for me. Makes sense. No genital piercings for you? Oh. No piercings. Fair enough. Oh, I just was so fine with it. Whatever, yeah. You pierce what you got to pierce. I already have nine, so Well, we'll go. double down on you since Olivia's backing <laughs> yeah. out. Good. Um, for... 
Ritual bloodletting. So you would pierce in part to get some of that ritual blood. In the same spirit of appeasing the gods who had given their blood for humans. All men were warriors and prepared to die in battle or on a rival's sacrificial stone. And many crimes were also punishable by death. Murder, theft, adultery, dereliction of duty. Dereliction is just avoidance, like not doing. Like it. if I decided to skip a class one day, they would take oh, me out so back and like murder me. So it's like being like, well, I don't feel like fighting this fight. I'm gonna head out. Yep, okay. they would just kill you. Yeah, I think like, it's interesting doing? that it can be used as a punishment, but also not a punishment. Yeah, as like an honor, but also a punishment. It depends on the ritual, I guess. I just so think yeah. it's interesting that they can use the same. It's just interesting. The Aztecs valued industry and frugality. Sound a little bit like. Protestants. Mm. Self-deprivation, discipline, and courtesy. Now they sound like Puritans. Mm. Sacrifices were not about hatred, but rather honored the victim in life and glorified them in death. Mm. Let's actually, uh, to to Brianna's point, let's compare this to the brutal executions carried out by the Romans in the Colosseum or Mm. perpetrated by the Spanish, right, during the the various inquisitions. The so-called civilized people who colonized and destroyed the Aztecs, right? The Spanish are the, the... civilized colonizers driving these heathens out of existence because they're doing this thing but the spanish themselves were murdering jews and muslims just for kicks yeah uh, mm. the persecution obsessed spanish killed out of racial and religious loathing but we can't say that of the aztecs right there's there's plenty of opportunity for honorable death as as james is is suggesting here so that's aztecs that's the aztec Close the book on that one and move on. Oh, I liked them. Yeah. But we're going, we're going to the Mediterranean, James. Ooh, home cool. of your ancestors. Yeah. Delicious. Delicious. Mm. The Greeks. Uh, the Greeks. The Greeks. Those are my favorite ancestors. That Back I to the Greeks. On the Mediterranean, we see the overlap of two very similar but distinct cultural groups. The proto-monotheistic Jews and the pagan Greeks and Romans. Ooh. All, all great. I like them all. I'm proud. (laughs) (laughs) To like all of them. To be among them. To be among them. Of these people. The Old Testament mentions human sacrifice in a couple of contexts. First, we have the sacrifice of the firstborn. The God of the Israelites sends a plague through Egypt that kills the firstborn. Right? We thought the Christians were off the hook here, but no. Mm -mm. Never. Yeah. Angry Old Testament God rages through Egypt, killing the firstborn. The Jews are spared by painting blood on their doors, the animal sacrifice, right? Yes. Then we have God's request that Abraham sacrifice his son, Isaac. Abraham brings his son up the mountain and is about to stab him when God stops him and says, never mind. That is literally one of the stories that made me a non-believer. <laughs> Ouch. But a believer in other things, yeah. which yeah. is the most important thing here in a call confessions, that you believe in something. Aw. So God says, never mind, don't kill your son, kill a lamb instead. Ritual sacrifice of children was not actually very common among the Mediterranean's ancient cultures, despite what the Bible would have us believe. Um, However, it was practiced. Jewish kings, uh, pagan kings they warred with, uh, would sacrifice their children to appease the gods in times of crisis, not unlike the African practice of human sacrifice. When we're in dire straits agriculturally, or, I don't know, with our gold mine, that's when we resort to human sacrifice. Less mouths to feed. Ouch. This often took place in times of war. I don't know. If there, there's some kind of dark logic to that, James. I, I'll give you that. Thanks. There's pretty much nothing <laughs> yeah, we can no, say that's... in this episode that isn't a little... Ouch. Yeah. 
The most famous example of this kind of sacrifice is the mythological story of Iphigenia. Leading up to the mythical Battle of Troy, the armies of Greece had gathered on the shore, waiting to set sail to sack their rival city and destroy it, so that the mighty king Menelaus could have his revenge on Paris and take back his wife Helen. I am so excited. We don't have any time to, like, just give you all the deets on this story, so, you know, Google it. You should. If yeah, it's yeah. really cool. If you don't know about the battles of Troy and stuff, we they're fun. Watch Troy. Ooh, is it really the cannot? I haven't seen it. Mm. <laughs> so no promises that Troy, Troy actually tells you this story. But the winds wouldn't read, read uh, what's it, the uh, Iliad. Yeah. But yeah. the winds wouldn't, <laughs> okay, you can. But the winds wouldn't come to carry the ships across the Mediterranean Sea. So there the Greeks are waiting to murder all those Trojans and their boats won't go anywhere because we need some wind. Anticlimactic much. Right. There's a lot of waiting around in, in the whole Trojan War story. You wait on the beach for the Trojans to, like, let you in. Isn't that just war? Mm. I guess, yeah. Anyway. Uh, the prophet Calphas told the mighty general Agamemnon, brother of Menelaus and commander of the Greek forces, because Menelaus, while he was sad, mad about the whole wife thing, is not as good at commanding Greek forces as Agamemnon. If he wants the wind to blow, says Calphas, he has to sacrifice his daughter, Iphigenia, to the goddess Artemis with the bow and arrow and stuff. His wife's going to be pissed. He, he, yep. <laughs> uh, he called for a very long time. He called for her to come on the pretense of wedding her to the war hero Achilles. But his plan was never to marry her off, but rather to sacrifice her to the gods so that the Greeks might set sail. Let's Achilles is going to be mad. Was he promised also? The drama. The oh, yeah. Achilles, yeah. Was, that was a tall, confusing yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, he I thought, thought yeah. that the dad was just like, you're going to marry Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, like, showed too. up, and she's That's like, what I thought. where's, where's Achilles? Achilles? Agamemnon, let's, uh, let's hear from you. I am ashamed to weep, nor less, poor wretch, to check my tears at the awful past to which I am brought. What am I to tell my wife? How shall I welcome her? With what face meet her? For she, too, has undone me by coming uninvited in this my hour of sorrow. Yet it was natural for her to come with her daughter to prepare the bride and perform the fondest duties, where she will discover my villainy. And for this poor virgin, why must she be a virgin? Death will soon make her his bride. I can hear her voice pleading with me. My father, will you murder me? Let that be the wedding you find for yourself, you and whoever you call friend. That was intense. I, I wept a little. Yeah, I, I peed a little. I'm a little overhydrated. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. Yeah. I, I drank too much water over See, the course of the day. Like, so way too much. You could much. die from that. It causes you to pee when you're sad? Yeah, well, I was going to say, that... I, if you've you... noticed, I haven't got up in a while. Although Agamemnon regrets his decision, Iphigenia boldly offers herself so that the army can depart. So it that turns out that she... very generous of her. Yeah, she's mm -hmm. like, you can kill me. Clytemnestra, her mother, bitter over dad's deceit at taking and killing her child, told you, will go on to betray Agamemnon by taking another lover while he is away fighting, and then murder him in his own bathtub when he returns from winning the war. It's yeah. the Good worst way to die. It's so metal. But Iphigenia doesn't die. At the last minute, the virgin goddess of the hunt, Artemis, swoops in and substitutes a deer in her place and spirits her off. This is important because, historically, the children of kings were substituted for the children of poorer, lesser people. Sorry, James. 
uh, so rich children would be subbed out for poor children. Right. That's not cool, guys. And eventually, animals were substituted for humans. Sorry, Brianna. Yeah, still not cool. Darn. Dear, neat. We see the same thing with Abraham and Isaac. Sorry, Olivia. No, I... But you, I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> Lambs are cool. I mean, they're delicious. But I'm saying, if you're going to have someone sacrificed, follow through. In substitute... So the, the best sacrifice is this child of a king, right? So we have to work... Our, we keep substituting and substituting, getting further and way f- further away from that sacrifice. Um, in, I, your Marxism aside, James, virtually, <laughs> child of a king. Uh, in substitute king rituals, which were practiced by the Sargonids and the Hittites, my favorite tights, <laughs> about 700 years before oh the common God. era, a person... <laughs> <laughs> it just hit him. A person would assimilate any force threatening the king and then through ritual killing bring those forces down into the underworld, thereby saving the king from them. Uh, in, a- in various ancient cultures, the lunar or solar eclipse foretold the death of the king. To avoid death, the king would temporarily abdicate the, cl- the throne. The chief exorcist would select a prisoner of war or a criminal for the role. So To be king? Yes. To die. Yeah, yeah, because the eclipse is like the king must die. So the king's like, oh, no, I don't want the gods to come and murder me. So he would, like, go underground. And he would stick. That's so stupid. No, it's, like it's a really petty smart. thief in his place. No, it's not. It's the gods. They're not going to be like, oh, this fake guy's totally Can't the king. Can't see him. Can't see him. He's underground. The real I've been king. bamboozled. Like, no. <laughs> the real king actually continued to run the whole government while uh, underground while performing purification rites. So he's performing rites to the gods. He's so angry. Who I guess now he's there. Uh, and everyone had to call him Farmer. What? <laughs> it's a fun little game. Totally <laughs> play. So angry. Yeah, rather than role, king. Role, role playing. Yeah. Oh, your mighty farmer. farmerness. <laughs> your royal farmerness. farmerness. My farmer. My farmer. And then, my farmer, my farmer. Uh, then they killed the substitute king and burned all his substitute royal props, like his substitute table and his substitute scepter. And they buried him with royal honors, as oh. if he were the king. Wow. What? So the whole the whole thing was that, that he was going to die anyway. Yeah. Why did they take it upon themselves to kill him? So they can get around it. Okay, I see. So the, it'll make the moon happy. Gotta make that moon happy. The Hittites uh, would send a woman, substituting for the king, along with several rams, into enemy territory in order to carry evil forces away, a.k.a. the scapegoat. Oh, oh my god. Scapegoats. <laughs> Olivia, I think, just had like a... Why am I even going to college? Scapegoats in the form of humans or actual goats could also be murdered in this fashion. A twist on the scapegoat reflect. You mean I'm I'm cheaper than college? I just just. This is way cheaper than college. Way cheaper, and there are people across our great nation and well into the Western world who are listening to us for free. And the Great White North. You know, speaking of that, donate to our our patron. Our Patreon could use a dollar or so a month. because of the value of the education you yep. are all receiving or here with me. a peso or a euro. Whatever you got. We will take the peso, the euro, yep. the Canadian, Canadian dollar. dollar. Yeah, the American dollar. We will take any of those. A twist on the scapegoat. Reflected in Greek mythology is the sacrifice as tribute. The mythological jerk Ajax, my least favorite mythological <laughs> character, was supposed to have broken into the temple of Athena during the conquest of Troy and raped the prophet Cassandra. So he's he's 
rightfully cool. my least favorite mm-hmm. mythological yeah. character. Uh, this he is myth, a jerk. He's a jerk. This myth spawned the actual historical tradition among the people of Locris, where Ajax uh, had been king of sending girls to Troy as tribute in repayment for his crime. It's possible that these girls were lapidated, which is the fancy word for stoned to death. Oh, okay. oh isn't that cool? I mean, it's not cool. It's not, it's not cool. cool, but the word is super it's cool. Pretty... It's a cool word to have at your disposal. Cool. What well, was it? Not Lap- cool to be lapidated or to lapidated. lapidate another person. Lapidate. Uh, lapidate. It's more likely, however, that they served as priestesses to Athena for the year before coming back home safe and sound. Oh. So they didn't really get lapidated. Oh. We just said we fake? lapidated them, and then we let them be priestesses and sent them home. They just wanted to say the word. There are two much more famous myths. It's true, I did. The two. There are two much more famous myths of tribute. The first is the Minotaur, housed in a mm. labyrinth of Cretan Knossos. Yes. Knossos. Delightful. Boys and are you? You're making that up. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Boys and girls are sent every year for the Minotaur to devour until Theseus mm. manages to slay the monster. The one we want to dive into, though, is the second story. It's the story of Andromeda. I love this story. Mm. Now, the story begins with a queen. As all good stories must. Queens are scary. Uh, This queen goes by the name of Cassiopeia. She's bragging about her daughter, uh, which is generally a healthy thing to do, but within limits. My daughter is hot. Crazy hot. Like the sexiest girl in all of Greece. You know what? She's sexier than those water nymphs who everybody says are so sexy. What are they called again? Isn't this kind of a weird way to be talking about your daughter? Whatever, prude. Execute this woman at once, somebody. No. Wait, before you take her, do you know who I'm talking about? They helped out the Argonauts with that whole golden wool situation. They're water nymphs in the ocean. uh, The Nereids. Right, she's hotter than those Nereids. You can kill her now. No. Meanwhile, deep under the sea. Poseidon, your sea godliness. Yes, Nereids. We're super sexy, right? The sexiest. But what if someone said we weren't the sexiest? They'd be lying. But would you mess them up? Probably. But like, probably definitely? Cause we'd be really grateful if you would. Cause that would be the kind of thing a god would do who likes to cavort around with us and have a cavorting good time. Cause you're our favoritest sea god, the briniest of the briny, and the godliest. All right. Well, I heard Aeolus telling one of his river spirits that an oracle told him that Cepheus was nervous because his wife, Cassiopeia, said her daughter Andromeda had better curves than us. And a tighter butt. Blasphemy! I will send the sea monster Cetus to destroy their entire nation. That's a perfectly proportionate response. Back at the palace of Cassiopeia and Cepheus. Oracle! Yes, King. My wife said my daughter was hot, and now there's a sea monster rampaging around the countryside, messing up all our stuff. What if you just feed your daughter to the sea monster? Hmm. Sounds reasonable. We can chain her to that rock. Oh, woe is me! The giant ugly sea monster is snapping his nasty jaws at me to eat me, and not in a pleasing way. And all because... I'm insanely beautiful. Roar! I'm going to eat you. I won't allow it. Look! It's a man on a horse holding Medusa's head. Weird. But seems like it could be good. 
Gaze upon the Gorgon's head and perish, sea monster. Roar! I'm turned to stone. Ow. Sexy Andromeda, I would never allow you to be eaten in any but a pleasing way. Oh, Perseus, my hero. Human sacrifice was a rare part of actual life, but an important part of the mythology of the Greeks and the Jews. However, animal sacrifice was fairly common in both traditions. Jews sacrificed at the temple, and the cost of paying for these sacrifices, which only ever fed the priests, was part of what inspired Jesus of Nazareth to start a reform movement against the wealthy priesthood. Jesus of Nazareth put an end to sacrifice through his self-sacrifice on the cross. That's right. But... That didn't spell the end of violence among the Christians. In fact, Jesus' example made self-sacrifice, which they reframed as martyrdom, a major feature of the early church. In the year 36, St. Stephen, the proto-martyr, or the first Christian martyr, it's a pretty cool title, proto-martyr, yeah, proto-martyr, was dragged before the Sanhedrin or court of Jewish elders accused of declaring that Jesus would destroy the temple at Jerusalem and that he had reformed the law of Moses. Under threat of execution, Stephen doubled down, giving a fiery speech that inflamed the crowd, who became enraged and dragged him out of the city to stone him to death. Stephen prayed for his murderers as he died, and declared a vision of Jesus welcoming him into heaven. Watching all of this unfold was the soon-to-be Apostle Paul, who was going by Saul at the time. The joy with which Christians welcomed their execution, first established by Stephen, was a significant means for winning converts and separating Christianity from other messianic movements at the time. And so we see human sacrifice coming full circle. There's yeah, from the house Steve. of Steve yeah. to St. Stephen. From Steve. the house of Steve. It all comes together. Literally full circle. In Lesotho yeah. to St. Stephen. Steve to Steve. In Israel. Israel. Uh, so what do we say? Human sacrifice, evil or not so evil? Consent, I, man. I, yeah, I'd say that there. it's definitely on a spectrum. Uh-huh. You know, there's no clear-cut lines. Yeah. But it, it, I feel like in certain cultures and certain contexts, it can be not so evil. But most of the time, it can be very evil, <laughs> especially of late. In recent times... It seems to have been Okay, so evil. we're definitely uh, against the albino sacrifices yes. in Tanzania. Okay. Not cool. I mean, blood magic has merits throughout, yeah. like, so much that, to me, like, self-sacrifice, or not self-sacrifice. <laughs> like, self-mutilation. Yeah, or even of other people, yeah. but under, like, consent. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. But to me, would it even have power if it's not consent? But I guess that depends It depends on yeah. what's happening. I just think that's an interesting concept. Yeah, we're sort of up against some interesting ideas here, and uh, hopefully we won't be receiving any hate mail for today's episode. <laughs> for me opening with, I am for human sacrifice. <laughs> My sister is not sacrificing people. Uh, no. Consent is certainly important, um, no. and, and uh, self-mutilation for religious purposes is certainly different than self-mutilation for, uh, the, uh, because of psychological problems um, and that sort yes. of thing. So we want to make that, that caveat. Uh, but, you know, uh, in this Black Magic series, it's going to get real sometimes. It, j- it just has to. Black Magic. Speaking of which, uh, our next episode will uh, cover the infamous child murderer of the medieval of medieval France, Gilles de Ray. 
uh, who we mentioned brief, we mentioned for a little bit. We talked about for a little while in our Joan of Arc episode. He was a, a compatriot of Joan of Arc's, but uh, we missed all of the uh, the depth of his story. Yeah. So uh, we're going to get into one of the most uh, infamous child sacrificers or alleged child sacrificers. I was about to say some yeah. conspiracies in the midst here. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of conspiracies in Western history uh, on our on our next episode. So Olivia, let's bring it on home. I hereby adjourn and declare closed this meeting of the secret order of alchemical actors until such a time as we get together and do it again. That's the best you've ever done that. Yeah, it really is. Congratulations. I wasn't even really paying attention. I think that's the trick. Yeah. You heard it here, guys. Don't pay attention. That's the trick. Yep. Okay, so uh, uh, once again, uh, we want to encourage you to uh, subscribe to the podcast, uh, to find us on Facebook uh, for our, our kitten contest. Don't call him a kitten. Our he cat, is a full-grown cat. Cat contest, or just cat thing. He's got all of his It's not really teeth. a contest. It's like a cat elf on a shelf. Name the cat. Um, Name the cat. And cat we... Name the cat. Name the cat. Oh. Uh, I just want to say... Um, we're, the audience is slowly growing uh, for, for us, and, and we're thrilled to, to have an audience across all of the different platforms where we're publishing episodes. But if you are enjoying these episodes, um, be a friend and tell a friend. Let them know how much fun you're having listening and how much you're learning about uh, the occult and the Western world and explain to them what occultism is and maybe what a podcast is. And then in, <laughs> invite them on down to have a listen to us because this is free. Yep. And we... Uh, we would love to, to begin growing that listener base uh, and uh, continue to grow the listener base, which which really does depend on, on at least in part, on some word of mouth. Yes, please. Word of mouth each other. Word all of the mouth. All right. Word so, of mouth all of the word? Yes. Either one. Do uh, both. Uh, let me tear through all the various human beings who were involved in the making of this epic episode. Uh, our actors today included... Uh, and we're limited to Jacob Wheatley, Lucy Bond, Shannon Landers, Savannah Barrett, John Cook, uh, Sean Priest, Ray Candela, and Morgan Jung. Joining us in conversation today, That's we right. had James Caplangis. Well, farewell, folks. Brianna Literal. Sacrifice safely. And. No. <laughs> We are not responsible for any sacrifices that you or anyone you know may perform. Not necessarily people. That alliteration was nice, though. Olivia, literal, our grandmaster. I'm not sacrificing anyone. My name is Rob, also not sacrificing anyone. We look forward to uh, speaking with you next time uh, uh, for our big episode on Gilles de Ray, the third episode of our Black Magic series. Black Magic. Bye. Say goodbye, team. Bye. Bye.